Hello, and welcome to Decarbonize, the clean energy podcast from Fresh Energy. Fresh Energy is a Minnesota nonprofit working to shape and drive bold policy solutions to achieve equitable, carbon-neutral economies. Today, I am joined by Fresh Energy's Alan Gleckner, Lead Director of Clean Electricity, and we are going to talk about XL Energy's Integrated Resource Plan. On February 11th, Fresh Energy, along with Clean Grid Alliance, Union of Concerned Scientists, and Minnesota Center for Environmental Advocacy, filed expert comments on XL Energy's Integrated Resource Plan, also known as an IRP, with the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission. IRPs are critical because they lay out how utilities expect to invest in electricity generation over the next 15 years. So XL Energy filed its draft IRP with the Public Utilities Commission in July of 2020, and due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the process was slowed down and delayed. So now, about nine months later, Fresh Energy is finally filing our comments on the IRP with the commission. So over the next half hour or so, we are going to discuss the comments Fresh Energy and partners filed in response to Excel's IRP. While there are some things to celebrate, there's definitely room for improvement, and we're going to dig into some of those details today. We'll be joined a bit later by Fresh Energy's Ben Passer, Lead Director of Energy Access and Equity, who will share how the Energy Efficiency for All Coalition has responded to the IRP. But now uh, let's turn to Alan and talk specifically about our filing. Uh, Alan, welcome and thank you for being here. Thanks, Joe. Happy to be here. Uh, well, finally filing Fresh Energy's comments on Excel's IRP must have been an amazing feeling, considering how long this process has been going on. So, of course, even though our comments on the IRP are filed, you still have, I think, both Minnesota Power and Ottertail Power's IRPs coming up this year. So no rest for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a conversation for another day. Um, but before we talk specifics about our feedback on Excel's IRP, let's take a step back and discuss why integrated resource plans in general are so important. So am I correct in saying that at a really basic level, when you flip a light switch in your house, the kind of power that light is using is decided by an integrated resource plan? Great question, Joe. And yeah, at, a, at the most basic level, yes, that that is uh, a correct way to characterize it. The electricity you use in your home or at your business, whether it's coming from coal, nuclear, wind, solar, or something else is really underpinned in by an integrated resource plan or an IRP uh, in Minnesota, if you're a Minnesota electricity user. And in other states, um, many states use a similar process. So uh, yeah, a large part of our state's electricity future is dependent on, the, uh, on these plans and the choices made by our major public utilities like Excel, Great River Energy, Minnesota Power, Ottertail Power, a number of which all have IRPs this year, so no... Uh, <laughs> no lack of things for us to be working on, um, but also by the, uh, you know, those, what kind of energy we're using through these plans is also decided by the Public Utilities Commission, the regulator, who is the ultimate decider of whether these utility plans that are in front of them are in the public interest. Okay, so and to be clear, uh, Minnesotans have the power to influence how these public utilities generate power, as well as their plans for the future, through the integrated resource planning public process we're discussing today. How often does this process happen for each utility? Um, in practice, it's every few years or so. Um, the requirement is every two years, but it takes a while for each of these plans to go through the process. So in reality, it's you know somewhere around every few years and really depends on the complexity for each of the different utilities. But 
there's 11 um, major utilities in this that provide electricity to Minnesota customers, um, three of which are investor-owned utilities, Minnesota Power, Excel, and Ottertail, like we discussed. And then the other are generation and transmission cooperatives um, that sell, that provide the electricity for, for electric, rural electric co-ops and municipal utilities. So um, there's a, there's every few years for 11 utilities, um, it, it keeps, keeps all the regulators and stakeholders busy. Um, but, and yeah, the, the IRP ultimately lays out a 15 year roadmap for each utility that includes at its most basic level, a 15-year forecast uh, for how much electricity a particular utility's customers will need, and then how the utility plans to provide for that electricity through all the different means of, of provide, making electricity or reducing it through efficiency or other things like that. Um, and the the official planning period is 15 years. Uh, a lot of the modeling will look at a, you know, 30 up to 30 or 40 years year period. But really, what the most important thing and generally the focus is on what's called the five-year action plan. So that's talking about, here's our business plan, here's our plan for, for providing our electricity, but here's what we're really going to do in the next five years. Um, and, and in uh, electricity sector, five years is a very, very near term because a lot of this stuff takes a lot of time to implement and, and build and put into place. So the, while the, there's a 15-year period and we're looking out, it's sort of like the closer to now, that something is proposed or, or part of the plan, the more actionable it is and the more set in stone it would be from that plan versus if it's 15 years out, we're gonna have a couple more plans before that takes place and things can change and evolve. So we really focus on on the near-term parts of it and then the long-term vision too, are we are we heading to where we, we need to be going? Got it, that's really, really helpful. Uh, so you could say in a nutshell, uh, if Fresh Energy, the public and other advocates wanna shape a future in Minnesota that's carbon neutral by 2040. An integrated resource plan is one of the major levers that we can pull to influence things like closing gas plants and not, not building new fossil gas plants and closing coal plants and, and so on. So if you're ready, I want to discuss in more detail Excel Energy's IRP, uh, which as we said before, you've been living and breathing for a long time now uh, with our partners, Clean Grid Alliance, Union of Concerned Scientists and Minnesota Center for Environmental Advocacy. So let's start with the positive. Excel has a vision for 100% carbon-free electricity by 2050 and a plan to achieve 80% carbon-free electricity generation by 2030. Tell me a little bit more about this. Yeah, so Excel took a really bold leadership step a couple of years ago when they announced um, a vision and and what you know a commitment to reaching 100% carbon-free electricity by 2050. Um, and they were one of the first, if not the first, major utilities in the country to do that. Tons have followed suit, um, and it really signals you know the direction that they're going and acknowledging the transition that we're making in the electric sector and that that's going to underpin. Um, carbon reduction in a bunch of other sectors too. So, um, you, you know, that's generally reflected in the plan. There's some things that you might say are not ref, uh, consistent with that, and we'll get into that later. Um, but generally, you know, that's the direction they're going, and it's it's right where we need to be going. Um, we can talk, you know, we might have some quibbles with the timing there, but, you know, big picture, it's where we need to be going. And then the, in a more near term, and like I said, 2030, not that far away in terms of electricity planning, um, they're uh, they've committed to an 80% carbon reduction uh, from 2005 levels by 2030. And that is reflected in the IRP. Um, they, the IRP 
um, does a number of things on the carbon reduction front, um, particularly adds a bunch of new wind and solar. Their plan has 9,000 megawatts of new wind, 4,500 megawatts of new solar, um, the equivalent of 2,000 megawatts of energy efficiency. So it, it um, you know, is very indicative of the, the shift we're having um, with some caveats that we'll be talking about more. <laughs> sure, thanks. Uh, Excel is also moving forward with coal retirements and operations changes to coal plants. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what it means for carbon emissions and electricity generation here? Yeah, so I mean, the biggest driver of the carbon reduction in Excel's plan and the biggest um, thing they're doing to, to make their carbon reduction commitments is they've announced in this plan um, the retirement of all their remaining coal plants. So they the, the, they have a, two coal plant locations with a few different units um, at some of them. So in Sherburn County in Becker, Minnesota, the Sherco coal plant, um, they've already announced retirement dates for Sherco units one and two. And then in this plan um, announced the Sherco, uh, retirement date for Sherco three, the, the third and newest unit there. And that would be in 2030. And then their other coal plant um, in outside of Stillwater, Minnesota on the, on the Minnesota River is the Allen S. King plant, and they've announced a retirement date for that in 2028. So we're really pleased with those uh, coal retirements. We're pleased that Excel is exiting the coal business, um, acknowledging that you know coal is not going to be part of their electricity mix, and that's a huge um, that's been a huge effort of fresh energy and focus for us, and then a huge carbon reduction as well, since those are by far the biggest carbon emitters uh, on our on Excel's electric system biggest you know, sources of carbon emissions in the state in a lot of ways from those coal plants. So not to mention public health benefits and all that. Uh, so that's huge. Um, that's a great part of their plan. Another thing that's been part of this plan and part of some other processes um, that we've been involved in at the Public Utilities Commission and with Excel is that not only are they announcing those retirement dates, but in the meantime, you know, we still have nine years before 2030 for Sherco 3 and a little bit less for some of the other plants. They're changing the way they're operating those coal units um, in a way that they'll run much, much less, um, including uh, some of them and maybe all of them eventually will be completely turned off for large portions of the year. And so that is a also a major carbon reduction uh, strategy and it's critically important because we're getting those emissions reductions immediately when they change those operations. It, it, it can happen as soon as that goes into effect and it's um, really meaningful. And we have some blog posts on that on our website that folks can check out where we can we kind of quantify mm -hmm. the amount of carbon carbon savings from those operational changes. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Alan. Um, well, and of course, with the closure of any facility comes concern for the community and, and worker resilience in that community. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, um, it's a, a really important thing for, for us to, to mention here is that as we're transitioning the electric sector, there's also, you know, impacts to obviously the workers at the old infrastructure, the, the plants that have been providing and electricity to our state, powering our economy for, for decades now. Um, and that those folks, it's really important that they're taken care of. Um, and, and as well that the, the communities that have hosted these plants, um, there's really major impacts uh, to them as well when, when we transition away from and make this necessary transition and that the, the, those can't be overlooked. And so, uh, Excel has committed to making sure that no no utility worker, plant worker is losing their job in this transition, that they're gonna be able to either be transitioned in the company or other you know, workforce transition type of stuff. So 
you know, we think that's really important and great. Um, also, Excel's done a really good job of communicating and coordinating with their communities, particularly Becker, Minnesota, where the, the, those three big coal units are. They've already worked with, um, done a lot of work. They brought in a, a massive Google data center um, to that community, which is a huge economic development opportunity. Um, they've worked to bring other businesses there and worked on other economic development issues there. And so Excel's really taken this on and I think is committed to doing more. We're committed to trying to work through the state and other places to, to help this issue and help this transition for, for communities and workers. Um, it's not it's certainly not solved and taken care of. Um, it's an ongoing thing, but it's a really important thing too. And our hope is, you know, bigger picture that we know that there's a ton of jobs and economic development through this transition in uh, new sources of energy, obviously wind and solar. Um, and, mm -hmm. and we really wanna see those jobs going to local workers being family supporting jobs. Uh, you know, ideally there's um, a, a big role for union labor in that. So we're, we want to acknowledge that we're really concerned about all those things, want to work on all those things. We're doing our best to work on all those, but it's a, it's an ongoing and very important issue. Thank you, Alan. Um, there are also some details in the IRP uh, about energy efficiency, and we're going to wait to discuss those in a little bit when we're joined by Ben Passer. Um, so I guess that brings us to the part of the conversation where we get to chat about what in the IRP needs improvement. So let's start with the most high profile and hot button issue, uh, the new methane-based fossil fuel plant in Becker, Minnesota. Um, what can you tell us about Excel's proposal there? Yeah, so this is uh, the, the the main glaring problem we have with uh, this IRP, and in it, so Excel is saying in this IRP that they're going to continue to pursue a new 835 megawatt fossil gas plant in Becker, Minnesota, where Excel's Sherco coal units currently are. Um, they are projecting the plant to cost between one and a half and two billion dollars. Um, and, and this plant was one that was pushed through the legislature in 2017 without any meaningful analysis, analysis to support it or any review of carbon-free alternatives or really any other alternatives. Um, and, you know, that legislation created a pathway for the plant, but certainly didn't say that it must be built. And so despite all the advancements since 2017 in the sector and technology advancements, et cetera, Excel insists in this IRP that they're going to continue pursuing building that plant despite still not providing any analysis that it's a good investment or looking at carbon-free alternatives. Um, on top of that, this proposed fossil gas plant will emit millions of tons of new greenhouse gases, thereby contributing to global warming and further undermining Minnesota's ability to reach our emission reduction goals. So what you're saying that is despite Excel's carbon reduction goals, they would be spending upwards of $2 billion on a very large new fossil power plant in six years, even though it's already becoming an antiquated, inefficient and expensive uh, form of electricity production. Uh, I know you've worked with expert consultants and done extensive research and modeling to develop our recommendations for the PUC. Um, can you talk about this analysis and the results? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're, in addition to kind of big picture why this plan is obviously just a, a bad a bad idea, we undertook some pretty detailed analysis to to really put data 
and, and numbers behind that. And so we focused on two main analyses. One is, is more economic focused. It uses um, the same soft planning software that Excel and our other state utilities use to look at what types of energy gener electricity generation are most economic or optimal when you put in a bunch of assumptions, how much electricity do we need? What are the different costs of different ways to make electricity? All those things, you put it into a model and it'll optimize and tell you um, which ones are, are the most economic choice to meet, to meet the, the electricity needs that we're gonna have. Um, and there's different assumptions that can go in there. And so you can compare the costs of, of different types of electricity generation over you know, a, a long period of time. And uh, this one would go, the, the modeling goes through 2045, like we talked about, it's a 15 year planning period, but the, and the near term is the most kind of important part of that. So we did that analysis, which is kind of the same one, or is the same type of analysis that the utility does when it puts its plan together. Um, and then we did a second one focused more on reliability, like big grid, regional, um, electric grid level reliability analysis, which is essentially looking at, okay, Excel's making this big transition. They're taking, they're taking these major big coal generators and retiring them. Um, are there gonna be any big grid reliability implications from that? And so we uh, retained an expert um, that has a ton of experience doing that using the exact same software that our grid operator would use to do the, the same type of analysis of, okay, when we retire coal plants or any other big generators, what kind of reliability impact should we expect? And we did that reliability analysis looking specifically at, okay, when, you, when Excel retires all their coal plants, would this new proposed gas plant, this giant Cherco gas plant, would that, is that needed to solve reliability issues that come up when we retire all this coal? Um, and we found that it did not, it was not needed to solve any reliability issues when you retire all of Excel's coal. So um, that um, is, a, is a key piece. Obviously we're not advocating for an electric system that's not reliable or can't keep the lights on. Um, so that was a, a major thing to look at. And then back to our economic kind of optimal energy supply modeling. We first just looked at, is this proposed gas plant economic and even using Excel's assumptions, when you just allow the model to say, here's an option, you can pick it or you, you, you don't have to, it doesn't pick it. It's not optimal. Excel mm -hmm. and all their modeling forced it into the model, said the model had to take it um, and did all kind of use that as their baseline. We just simply allowed the model to say, do you want this or not? And it did not, uh, too expensive, not optimal for our resource. And then we did some other steps where we kind of updated assumptions, use more current market-based um, cost assumptions for wind, solar, battery storage, that type of thing, um, and came up with a, a, you know, what in essence is an alternative resource plan to the one Excel is putting forward, um, that our plan doesn't add any new fossil plants, including the big um, proposed one we've been talking about, also doesn't add any other ones through the planning period, um, adds more solar, um, a lot of um, battery storage, four-hour battery storage, and when we look at more reasonable assumptions um, is cheaper on every kind of sensitivity that we looked at than Excel's preferred plan and cheaper than even an, a nearly identical plan, but that has the big gas plant. So we kind of isolated the economics of the big gas plant and found that our plan w with 
uh, more renewables, um, batteries, no new fossil was, was cheaper. And specifically the model um, kind of tells us that rather than building that uh, big new fossil gas plant, we can build, we can substitute essentially a thousand megawatts or a thousand megawatt solar, 250 megawatt battery storage uh, hybrid plant um, as, a, as a kind of a direct substitute and be cheaper. So pretty excited about that. Um, really feel strongly that that's um, analytically sound and kind of using the exact same tools as the utility and shows that that, that plant and Excel's insistence on going forward with it is a really bad idea on a number of levels. Oh, and you know, can't forget that we also modeled the difference in carbon emissions uh, and some other pollutant emissions when you include that, the gas plant, and it's very, very significant. So obviously our plan that doesn't build any new fossil has significantly less carbon emissions than, than Excel's, both Excel's plan and, and a plan with that plant. Yeah, Alan, so I'm wondering if we have any listeners who are maybe super wonky, is there a way that they can log in and see our filed comments and maybe get some more of those technical details that you were just talking about? Or is Absolutely. That... Yeah, okay. and, and um, we'll have that linked in our blog post on our website for sure, which is you can okay. just click through. Yep. Perfect. Um, so let's move on to one of the other big items in Excel's IRP. Um, Excel's proposal to extend the operating life of the Monticello nuclear plant. Um, can you talk a bit about this issue and Fresh Energy's views on it? How does uh, Fresh Energy's comments on the IRP align with our approach to nuclear? Yeah, um, thanks, Joe. Yeah, I would, you know, from our view, this is the other kind of major issue um, in the resource plan. Um, so Excel's plan proposes to extend the life operating life of the Monticello nuclear unit in Monticello, Minnesota, um, which currently is set to be done operating in 2030. They're proposing in their plan to extend it uh, 10 year operating life uh, to through 2040. Um, and so, you know, our, our big fresh energy's kind of big picture view on this is that nuclear is a currently a carbon free source of electricity and that carbon reduction is a huge important part of our electricity system and that bef that we prioritize certainly closing coal plants um, before you know retiring existing nuclear plants and also that we would certainly prioritize stopping new fossil fuel infrastructure and um, ideally retiring all or almost all of all the rest of the um, fossil fuel plants that a utility would have before we would be retiring their carbon-free nuclear plants. So that's kind of where we come at this issue from that existing nuclear plants are different than new nuclear, um, certainly, and that um, that they're carbon-free and that we need to be looking at these other carbon-emitting sources before we, we would prioritize retiring them before we would prioritize retiring nuclear plants. So um, that's the big picture where we would, we. Come approach this issue from how it's reflected in in our uh, group comments, our, our coalition, you know, comments and and approach to Excel's filing is that we kind of in in keeping with that approach um, included the the ten year extension of Monticello in all that analysis I talked about the uh, economic and reliability analysis include Excel's proposal to extend Mon the the nuclear plant for ten years at Monticello. Um, you know, we expect that this will continue to be an issue in, in the plan. Um, a lot of stakeholders, obviously, you know, nuclear has 
certainly new nukes are very, very expensive. There's a well-documented that that's, they're enormously expensive to build. And, and there's been a lot of cost issues in the past, even with existing nuclear plants. Um, Excel's made a lot, a lot of strides um, reducing the cost of operating their nukes, but certainly the cost issue is the main, um, main issue for the extension. And I think that's going to continue to be something that stakeholders look at. We're going to continue to look at what other stakeholders bring to the table on the cost issue, do some of our own analysis and, and continue to look at it. But as of, you know, these, this filing it's in there, the, the, the extension is in there and something that we're, we're moving forward with. And since, and correct me if I'm wrong here, since Excel files every two years, that's something that could be revisited in future IRP processes, right? Like, is that the right way to think about it? Um, it really depends on the sequence of how things happen here. Um, the relicensing process takes a long time. There's, you know, investments that go on to make that extension happen. And so whether or not this would, you know, come up again in the next IRP, I'm, it, it's hard to say kind of just on the, the sequencing, but no, mm -hmm. nothing from this decision, nothing in this IRP would lock that decision in, you know, it's more of a step, you know, should we proceed with going for a license extension, continue to look into this, continue to plan on doing it, but it wouldn't be set in stone from this plan. Um, of course, the, the Prairie Island units are, their retirement dates, 2033 and 2034 will probably be in the planning period and at it in kind of the at issue for the next, for the next one. So okay. that, that has a lot of other important community aspects um, with the, the tribe and the um, First Nation there, so. All right, I won't push you anymore on, on nuclear. <laughs> um, so right now we are joined by Ben Passer, Lead Director of Energy Access and Equity at Fresh Energy. Welcome, Ben, good to, good to hear you and see you. Um, so you have been working with Fresh Energy's Energy Efficiency for All partners, and that group is also known as EFA, I think. Um, so you've been working with them specifically on the energy efficiency aspects of Excel's IRP. Now, I know we're celebrating that there are energy efficiency savings of over, I think, 780 gigawatt hours in the IRP. Um, can you translate, what does this mean? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Joe. Um, so what this means is that Excel is investing in historic levels of energy efficiency. Um, this is important because when we're considering an integrated resource plan, um, we're talking about how much energy the utility expects to need to serve its customers and how it's going to produce that energy. Um, energy efficiency is our least cost solution um, in this equation. It reduces the amount of energy that needs to be generated in the first place, um, especially important when there are still dirty forms of, of generation on the grid. Um, it reduces overall demand on the grid and it saves uh, customers money on their energy bills. And that's especially important for under-resourced customers. So um, I know the EFA coalition has some more critical feedback on the IRP too, especially when it comes to improving equity outcomes through the resource planning process. Now, I know I'm asking you to speak for the whole EFA coalition here, but can you elaborate on this? Absolutely. So our EFA coalition, our energy efficiency for all coalition um, is made up of uh, partner organizations that are interested in um, and representative of the energy and housing sectors. Um, so it's Fresh Energy um, and a number of other organizations working at the state, regional and national levels 
um, around these overlapping um, topics around energy and housing. Um, we've been really glad over the last several years to see Excel taking positive steps toward uh, equ equitable outcomes for its customers, um, increasing its spending on energy efficiency programs, serving under-resourced households, to proposing expanded assistance programs in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, however, there's still a lot of work to be done, um, even in light of these positive steps um, to advance equity in the energy sector. Um, in our work, I often refer to equity as including both the process and the outcome. Um, and we believe there's room for improvement, uh, quite frankly, in both. Um, first, as I mentioned earlier, um, Excel does propose increased energy efficiency and renewable energy through the IRP. Um, but it's important to ensure uh, that those benefits ultimately reach under-resourced uh, uh, customers and communities of color. Um, so while the IRP provides that roadmap um, of longer-term expectations around energy efficiency as a resource, it will be important to, for Excel to really meet the unmet demand and need faced by under-resourced customers uh, through SIP programs, for example. Um, and we know that potential is there from the statewide uh, SIP potential study that was completed a couple of years ago. On the process side, um, we also think that Excel can uh, use this IRP to commit to future improvements in the process. Um, this includes supporting the, the involvement of impacted individuals and communities in program evaluations, uh, exploring the formation of an environmental justice advisory group or accountability board that would have oversight over Excel's planning, uh, and also committing to tangible goals on diverse recruitment, retention, and advancement at the staff and board levels. Um, all of these improvements in the process will ultimately feed back into and support more equitable outcomes. Thank you, Ben, um, and thank you for joining us. I know that you're in the thick of it today. So um, while I have you both here, um, is there anything uh, about your area of work on the Excel IRP that you wanna add in uh, that I might've missed in the earlier questions? And Ben, you weren't here for the earlier questions, but is there anything about energy efficiency that you wanna make sure to mention? I would just add, you know, I think this is a, a really important uh, step um, in, in the process. Um, there's a opportunity for additional public comment that we have information around um, on our website. So I think if this is uh, something that's interesting to folks and exciting to folks, um, definitely encourage uh, anyone else who's, who's uh, interested to get involved and use your voice as well. Thank you. And Alan, anything you wanna, you wanna plug before I uh, say farewell to folks? No, but... Um... Like we mentioned before, check out the blog on the website and the link to the filing, a bunch more information, probably more than you'd ever want in there. But um, if you're in, into it, it's a might be an interesting thing to check out and feel free to reach back to us with any questions. Well, I guess that is a wrap, everyone. Thank you, Ben and Alan, for giving our listeners some insight into the good, the bad, and the ugly of Excel's IRP and what it means for clean energy in Minnesota. I know we will be checking in soon on Minnesota Power and the Otter Tail Power IRPs, uh, which are on the not so distant horizon, but we don't, we don't have to think about that right at this moment. Uh, so thank you guys for being here. Uh, you can stay up to date on Fresh Energy's work via our blog at fresh-energy.org or follow us on social media. You can check out our website for a blog post on the XLIRP as well as some details on how to engage and submit feedback. Um, I think through uh, mid-March, perhaps, the uh, public feedback is running. So check our blog post for exact dates and, and how to do that. 
Um, in the meantime, thank you everyone for listening and subscribing to the podcast. You can support Fresh Energy's work by making a donation today. Visit our website at fresh-energy.org and click donate in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.